0: Amen. Well, turn to, if you would, Genesis chapter 22. Uh, We are adjusting for sure uh, the things that we do and how we do them. And so, uh, one of the things is that we're just uh, simply uh, trying to put more verses, trying to put more things on the live stream. And so, hopefully, you'll catch the lower third. They'll have some of the things that we're doing. Um, If you are watching on one screen and still have your phone available, uh, our app has a Bible in it. It has the Bible translation we use at the ESV. We have all our notes in there. Uh, We have an area, um, news, I think it's called news, anyhow, that we update with anything that we're doing. It'd be a great place to get your information. And we have push notifications. We have an ability to send out things based on who you are. So you can go to the notifications section and choose, like, You know, men or women or groups or all or whatever, children, families. And so you can get those on our app. Um, We're going to continue to try and make this better and better uh, so that you have a better experience as you're live streaming at home. So bear with us if, if more is coming. Let's just say that. So Genesis chapter 22 is where we'll be today. We finished our Not Your Treasure to Bury series last week. We were going to move back into Isaiah. In fact, we even promoted that. But it just felt like in this season, with the safer at home, the the kind of self-quarantining at home, if you will, uh, the social distancing, it felt like there was a time right now to capture some of the things that God's Word says about His faithfulness, about what to do in hard seasons, hard times, trials like this. What is God's character that we need to hear about? How do we find hope right now? through Christ. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to pick up today and next Sunday. Then we will dive into Genesis 20. God, and we are here because of you, Jesus. We are here because you have reached out and loved us. And through your love, we have been transformed. And, and whether, whether the people watching right now are here because of people that come here or are here because they stumbled across us, let me just say this, God, I I pray that you would shower your love out on them. May they know far beyond anything about us. May they know you love them. And then secondarily, lower than that, be just below that, less important, but still important, God. May they know we as a church love them. Your love has caused us to look outside these four walls and to love our community. And whether that, that community is physical or digital, We want to be in that community, and so God, help us today. Jesus, help us today. May I fade into the background somewhere, Jesus. Will you speak? Jesus, your words give us life. Your words have given me life, and I want that for my friends and loved ones who are watching. So Jesus, these things we pray in your name. Amen. Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse 1, says this. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and Abraham said, here I am. So let's begin with this. We're starting in the middle. In fact, if you know Genesis at all, it's about 50 chapters long. We're almost right dead center in Genesis 22. So there's a man named Abraham who God has called to leave everything behind, to leave his home, leave his family and to take his immediate family, his wife, take them and to go to a place that God says, I will show you as you go. He doesn't give them all the plans. He doesn't give them all the details. He doesn't, he doesn't say, here, here's step one. And then here's the goal. He just says, I want you to trust me and leave what you have and follow me. And Abraham, a, a, just an incredible man of faith. He follows God. He takes his wife Sarah and they go and they begin to follow God and God begins to reveal himself to Abraham. He reveals his plan for Abraham that Abraham will be the father of many many nations and what is important is Abraham an old man with an old wife who is past childbearing age and God fulfills that promise in a barren woman and gives him a son Isaac and so that's the backdrop for our passage today. God has called a man without giving Him the whole plan, to follow Him. It feels a bit like us today. We're in this season where we don't know how it's all going to play out. We had one plan. That was nine days ago. And then the last nine days happened, and now we have a new plan. And so we don't know. We're trying to follow where God is leading. We're trying to do our best in uncertain circumstances. So Abraham is a great model for us today. If you're staying at home, if you're social distancing, if you're staying six feet away from people, and we have a total of three, four, five, six people besides me here, and we are practicing that distance, right? Tech volunteers, one usher, and then the two that are leading us in worship. And, and it's, just an un, it's just an abnormal circumstance. And so Abraham is a great person to look, to look back to and understand, okay, what is... What does God do when God calls us into times of uncertainty, trial, circumstances of challenge? What does God do? And so I want to give you this. If you're a note taker, here it is. Testing, that's what God says he's doing with Abraham. God tested Abraham. So testing in the Bible reveals people's faith, or lack thereof, and God's character in new ways. So testing the Bible reveals people's faith and God's character in new ways. And so you may feel right now at home like God is testing your faith. And maybe it is. Maybe you are anxious about the circumstances. Maybe you're frustrated with thinking everything is overblown and you're struggling to comply. But your faith calls you to be submitted to authority. And so there's struggles all over the place here. And we do. I've talked to people here in the church that are frustrated and, and, and just wish they could just go back to normal. And I have others that are anxious and fearful. And, and we've just talked through that. Where is God in this? So any kind of circumstance, any kind of trial, whether it be this, whether it be job loss, whether it be health, whether it be mourning and grief, uh, even just consider, as I, as I mentioned earlier, a child was born in this a child was born without family there, without other things, and just a, a great thing that offered challenges in the midst of it. And so where are we when, when God allows us to be tested or tried or challenged? What do we do? We, we, we learn more about our faith, and ultimately we learn more about God's character. So verse 2, God said to Abraham, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I shall tell you. So again, we have this sense of God is leading Abraham without telling him everything. But he's calling him to take steps of faith, incremental pieces where Abraham can, can be obedient to God. Now, Abraham has a choice here. Abraham can be obedient to God or, or disobedient. What we're going to see is Abraham's obedience. In fact, we're even going to see a glimpse into Isaac's obedience, seeing that there is a a generational faith that is being passed on. And so there's an opportunity for us in hard times to be obedient, to see where God is leading, even when we don't have all the answers. We began with the idea that we'd go digital for March, believing we'd be back for Palm Sunday and Easter, when that is taken away, we start planning, okay, God, I don't know where this is going to go, but here's what I'm planning for. We will do Palm Sunday live stream. We will do certain things between Palm Sunday and Good Friday. We will do different services, different experiences each night of the week. And then we will do our Good Friday service here live stream. We'll live stream those other events throughout the week. Easter Sunday, instead of two services, one online service we're, we're taking steps of obedience. You're taking steps of obedience as you learn to work from home as kids and parents are all there. I know teachers in our church that are, that are learning new ways to teach the kids in their classroom via technology. And so all we can do is take these steps of obedience, waiting as God leads us. Now he says, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and offer him there as a burnt offering. There is no way to offer a burnt offering without death. And so hear this. Abraham, I have promised you'll be the father of many nations. Abraham, I've given you your son, your only son, Isaac. It's through him all these promises will be fulfilled. Now, Abraham, take Isaac, you know, the one, the promised one, the one that I'm going to use to fulfill all these promises, and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. I want you to kill him as a burnt offering to God. Just let that sit in for a minute. And let me just say this: as a pastor, if any one of you came to me and said, "Hey, I think God is calling me to offer my son as a sacrifice, I would totally talk you out of it. I think, Abraham. He said, he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose against me? Abraham rose a circumstance. If God told me, "Hey, I need you to do, something, do it sooner than later." going to pray about that. Abraham gets up early in the morning. He grabs his son, and they go heading out. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Remember, God is testing Abraham, and it's a three-day journey. From the time Abraham gets up early, prepares, and sets out on the road, it's a three-day journey. I want you to imagine your minds right now, just for a minute, Imagine what those three days were like for Abraham. Imagine how hard that three day journey was. Imagine as you walk with your son and you're talking to your son, your son's, hey, dad, and asking questions and playing and laughing and joking and doing those things. Imagine Abraham's heart as he walks with his son, knowing what God has called him to do, knowing he is being obedient to God, but not knowing. What's on the other side of this? Verse 5 says this, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. Listen to this last line. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come to you again. So Abraham tells his two servants, the, the men that are with him, he says, listen, you stay here. I've got a plan Isaac and I are going to go over there. We're going to worship God where God has called us to. And then Isaac and I are coming back. I love the faith that Abraham has in this moment. His job is to offer his son as a sacrifice. But in his heart, he believes God is going to do something amazing. He doesn't know what. He's been following God step by step three days until God shows him where he's going And then all of a sudden, he sees the place. God reveals the place to him. And Abraham makes a profound statement of faith that he and his son are going to go over and worship. And then they're going to come back. Imagine the faith it took to say that. Verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so they went both of them together. Verse 7. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? So Isaac, it says, is a young man or his son. We always think of Isaac as being this kid, but Isaac is grown enough to have him carry all the firewood. Now, Abraham is an old man, roughly 100 years old at this point. Isaac is probably 16, 17, 18. He could be as young as 13, maybe. We're not sure exactly. But he is big enough and strong enough to carry the firewood. And Abraham's an old man. Just consider that as the story plays out. And here's what happened. Isaac understands what's going on. Okay, we're going to go over there and we're going to offer a burnt sacrifice. We're going to offer something to God. We're going to give of ourselves But when we normally do that, we bring something to give. We we bring a sacrifice. And I carry the wood, and and my dad has the fire and the knife to slaughter the sacrifice. Dad, where's the sacrifice? Isaac's picking up what's going on, slowly tuning in to what his father is doing. Here's Abraham's answer to Isaac's honest question. Verse 8. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. Abraham's answer is powerful. God will provide for himself the lamb. Remember, he said, the boy and I will go worship and the boy and I will come back. Abraham believes God will do something amazing here. He doesn't know what, but something amazing. If you're a note taker I want you to hear this. Biblical faith isn't just believing. It requires action in line with belief. Biblical faith isn't just something you do in your head. It's not just believing here. It requires action in line with your belief. True belief results in action that matches it. Abraham has true belief. He believes God will do something He doesn't know what, but he believes in this crazy circumstance, in this crazy thing that he knows he's called to do, that God will do something amazing. If you're at home right now and and you're wrestling through this whole coronavirus thing, let me say this. I believe God is going to do something amazing. I know that live streaming is, is not how many of you want to do church. I know it's how some of you do church because of health reasons or distance or something. But for most people, most people would be sitting in these empty chairs right now. But what God is doing in this time is I'm, we are reaching other people. It's amazing that as we, have, we kind of began the year with a little bit of a growth spurt and kind of into February and March, and then all this changed, but God is continuing to reach other people. God is doing something. I don't pretend to know what. But God is using our hard circumstances, our challenging circumstances, for us to be faithful, to, be, to follow him. And God is doing things in the midst of it. And I don't know what it'll look like. I don't know how it'll turn out. I don't know on the other side of this what things will look like. Neither does Abraham. All we have to know is what is the next faithful step? What is the next right thing that God has called us to do? What is the next thing we're sure God is calling us to do? And just do that and allow God to be God, not that we can stop him, but allow God to be God in all our circumstances, but mostly allow God to be God in our lives, here in our hearts where we must believe and act. Verse 10 says, then Abraham reached out his hand and he took the knife to slaughter his son. I just wanna pause right there. Imagine the climax of this story right here. Abraham goes up with his son. His son is old enough to overpower him. He's an old man. The son's strong enough to carry the firewood. And God, and he does this. He builds this place where he's going to offer the sacrifice. And somehow, way, Isaac agrees. That's a faith of a father passed on to a son, a generational faith being lived out. And then all of a sudden, with his son laying there, Abraham, in faith, raises the knife as God has called him to sacrifice his son. And everything reaches its climax in this story right here. But verse 11, verse 11, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. He, the angel of the Lord said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. God says, stop. Abraham, you've shown your faithful. God knew. And Abraham, in the most extraordinary of circumstances, is faithful. Right now, Abraham is learning about his faith. And he's learning about God. Isaac is learning about his faith, his father's faith. And they're learning about God. It says, the angel of the Lord. And if you've been around generations for any amount of time, you know who that is speaking. This is Jesus, the angel, not an angel of the Lord, but the angel of the Lord is Jesus. Before he enters into human flesh, Jesus speaking. And you'll know that by what he says. Listen to this. Only, only God can say this. Verse 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold there was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering. And offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Just, just picture that for a minute. There's a note that I wanted to give you about Abraham. And I'll just say it here. Testing revealed Abraham's incredible faith under extraordinary circumstances. But there's more, there's more. And then in Abraham's obedience, in Abraham's faith, after he's lifted up a knife to slaughter his son, to offer his son as a sacrifice, God calls out, Jesus actually calls out and stops him. The angel of the Lord speaks. In a minute, we'll hear the angel of the Lord swear by himself, meaning it has to be God. It has to be Jesus. But here's what happens in the midst of this. Not only is Abraham learning how to be obedient, and Isaac is learning how to be obedient, they're also learning about God's provision. In the thicket, over there, caught, is a ram. Remember, Abraham had said, listen, I and the boy will go over there and worship, and then we'll return. When Isaac says, Dad, where's the offering? Where's the sacrifice? Abraham says this, God himself will provide a lamb, and God provides a ram for them. God's provision here is in view. It says, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he looked and over there he sees a ram caught in the thicket. And it says this, Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Testing reveals that God is good, trustworthy, faithful, and always provides. If you're a note taker, that's for you. Testing reveals that God is good, trustworthy, faithful, and always provides. We don't know how it's going to look. Clearly, we don't know how this safer at home, sequester, distance, social distance, we don't know how it's going to play out. We do know that testing is ramped up and the numbers are skyrocketing. Hear me when I say this. That doesn't mean there's more cases. That means we know more. But as we watch that, we don't know how this is going to play out. We hear predictions, and some predict this, and some predict that. We don't know. In fact, I would love it. And if I could encourage you, please, as Christians, unless you are a biochemistry major or a medical doctor, man, let's not, let's not prescribe how this is going to play out to other people or say we should be or shouldn't be doing things. Let's just trust God in this moment and let this play out and see where God takes us right here in this moment. God provides a sacrifice that is not Isaac. And Abraham is incredibly blessed. And what he learns is that God is faithful, he's good, he's trustworthy, and God always provides. That's our takeaway. Who is God? That is God. What do we do? We obey when we can't see the things that lie in front of us, knowing who God is, knowing God will reveal himself, that God's character never changes This God is our God. This God who is faithful, who provides, that's our God. Verse 14 says, Then Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Abraham stops, he worships God. Imagine the worship that Abraham has right now with his son. And he worships and he calls the place God will provide. You see, the gospel is this story. This is a foreshadowing of Christ to come. That we have an option here. That we have a choice here. In sin, in a fallen world that we live in because we are corrupted by sin. Our sin and inherited sin. We, we not only inherited the brokenness of the generations that came before us, but we too add to the mounting sin and corruption of the world. And in that we have a choice. Either we die or someone must die for us. Either we become the sacrifice or a sacrifice must be made for us. And that's the gospel. That Jesus Christ, the eternal word of God, speaking to Abraham, knew that he was going to enter into human history and be the provision for mankind. That ram caught in a thicket right there Ready to be sacrificed in place of Isaac is Jesus right here, right now, ready to take our place, your place, my place, ready to be the sacrifice for sin. Jesus entered into human history to be our sacrifice, to be our worship. And then he lived a sinless life. He died a death in our place. He was buried in the ground to cover our sin, but the story doesn't stop there. See, on the other side of this, Abraham and Isaac worship. See, on the other side of this, Jesus resurrects from the grave. Jesus ascends back to heaven. Jesus is alive today. And so we worship. We worship in our homes. We worship in church. We worship in our community. groups. We will do it digitally. We will do it in person. We will do it however we do it. But we will worship Jesus because Jesus is our sacrifice. Jesus has taken our penalty. If you're listening today and you're not a follower of Jesus, let me say this to you. That means it's for you, just like it's for me, just like it's for everyone that is watching this Christian, non-believer, believer. believer. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the sacrifice. We will never be good enough on our own. We don't even pretend to be. In fact, at Generations Church, we have a theme. We know, we know we're not good enough. We know we're not perfect. We know if you just give us 30 seconds, we will make hypocrites out of ourselves quicker than we can. We will sin. We will fail. Jesus will never fail us. That's why he is our sacrifice, not us. Verse 15, it says this. And the angel of the Lord, there's Jesus again, called to Abraham a second time from heaven. Listen to how we know this is not just any angel. Verse 16. And said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord. So the angel of the Lord is the Lord, Jesus. Because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, verse 17, I will surely bless you and surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, and your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. God begins by testing Abraham, but he ends with rewarding and blessing Abraham's obedience and faithfulness. He does this so that Abraham will know what it looks like to follow God in hard seasons. But on the other side of it, he will know why he follows God in hard seasons, because God is faithful, because God provides in this season, that's what we need to hear, that our hope is in God. Not Trump, not Newsom, not a test, not even in a solution for the virus. Our hope is in Jesus, the eternal word of God who spoke to Abraham and provided for Abraham. Hardships, here's a note for you. Hardships we overcome by faith provide us opportunities for greater blessing and relationship from God. These hardships provide opportunity for us that we become more obedient and that we learn more about God. It provides places where God in our obedience can bless us for our faithfulness. Again, we don't earn God's love. God loves us already. We don't earn our salvation. Jesus died for that. But in this, our obedience is blessed by God. Maybe that blessing is that others will feel calmer because we are calm. Maybe that blessing is because we're faithful. Others will know the faithfulness of God. Whatever that blessing may be, we learn in these hard times who our God is and how we can follow him more closely. I love this line in verse 18. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This thing goes beyond Abraham, beyond Isaac. He says, listen, because of your obedience, all the nations of the world will be blessed. It always reminds us that our faith is outward looking, that God provides for us, not just for us, that he blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others, right, that he cares for us so that we can care for others. That's how God even speaks to Abraham in this moment, Through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Here we are today on the other side of the planet, 4,000 roughly years later, and we're talking about Abraham and his faithfulness so we know how to be faithful. We're talking about Abraham and his faithfulness and what God revealed to Abraham so that we know that God is our God. I want to give you some takeaways really quickly. And so I'm just going to stand. We're going to put these up on the screen. But Hebrews 11 says this, By faith... Abraham, when he, te- he was tested, offered up Isaac and considered that God was even able to raise him from the dead. Listen, Abraham, with faith, offered up his son, believing that God would do something, even possibly raise Isaac from the dead. So how we respond in this season shows what we truly put faith in. God moves and acts without limitations so that we can see his power and character. How you act right now, how you do things, will show what you put your faith in. If you're out at Costco and Sam's Club and you're hoarding toilet paper, you kind of putting your faith there. If you're at the ammo store and you're buying shotgun shells and you're buying rounds and you're doing your thing, you are depending upon your ability to defend yourself. If you are moving by, it'll show you what you believe in. But if you're trusting in God, God is there. He is faithful he is present. He is good. He provides, right? If you're a part of this church and you're in need, I want to say this again. Please, we've given you info. The email address is info at Please contact us. We have a deacon line. We put that up earlier. That's an emergency line for you. We'll put that up at the end of the live stream today. We have a phone number you can call 24-7. If you're in need, we want to be there for you. Will you trust God? And will you trust the family of God? James 2 says this. You see that faith was active, along with his, meaning Abraham's works. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. Here's a note for you, will we partner our faith together with action, believing that God blesses our sacrifice with a new and deeper relationship in Christ? Will you trust him now? Will you partner your faith with action? James will go on to say, listen, you say you believe, but I'll show you what I believe by how I live it out. Will you put your faith and your actions together that God might bless you and others through you? Finally, Galatians 3.8, and the scripture preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying, in you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. You want to see another reference to Jesus? There it is. We'll go there some other day. The gospel impact, here's a note for you. Our faith directly impacts others, including the next generation. Our obedience today shapes the lives of our community and those who follow after us. How you act today affects your children, affects your neighbors. It not only affects your faith, but God can use your obedience to bless another generation. God can use your faithfulness to bless your neighborhood. God can use us as a church, especially in this digital time to affect the community around us and around the nation. God willing, we will care for people all over the world if we can. All over the country for sure. If we know of a need, so far we've not been able to not meet it. We've been able to meet it. I'll say it that way. Good thing English isn't my job, right? We will care for you. If you are obedient, God will use you. And God will use you generationally. Your children today will be better tomorrow. Because of your faithfulness. And they will know of the character of God because of you. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we love you. We see you historically engaging in history, in believers and followers, and pouring out your goodness on them and revealing the character of the Father. Jesus, help us today to be faithful to you. Help us today in this crazy season. Not to be anxious, not to be fearful, not to be self-dependent, not to be independent, but dependent upon one another in you. Lord, teach us to put you first and to press into the community of faith. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.